0: On this episode of The Trillist, we have...
1: Having been two years in the workforce, my professional mentors and my managers have let me know that if something doesn't feel right, make that known.
2: Adulting is not just, you know, going to work and, you know, just living your life. It's really being ingrained in the area that you're in and understanding that The world can suck sometimes. So what I learned is like, you really have to take care of yourself, your mental health, your physical health. And I ended up moving in with a
3: few people who I found on a big Facebook group in D.C., and it was a nightmare.
4: It felt less like a transition and more like just abruptly. Oh, okay, I'm doing this now. I work this many hours. I have to pay rent.
5: in the world of like very quantitative PhDs. The first year is I I guess something I didn't realize is it's notorious for really pushing you to your limit as far as like trying to internalize a lot of information.
6: I'm changing jobs mostly because it really wasn't the right place for me.
0: For more Trill content, follow the Trillist Instagram at T-H-E-T-R-I-L-L-E-S-T underscore podcast and check out Sia's Insta at L-I-N-D-A-L-E-B-B-I-E. And if you like this video, and I know you do, just admit it, please rate Our podcast. It will help us with reaching more people and also share it with your friends, your family, your loved ones. Just share it. Hello, everyone. On today's episode of The Trillist, I have amazing, amazing alums of the University of Pennsylvania. We have Peter. Hi. Sydney.
3: Hi, everybody. Allie. Hi.
0: Athena. Hey. Prakash. Hi. And Andreas. Hi, everyone. On this episode, I'm like super excited to have all of you. You have all been role models throughout my like journey at Penn in different types of ways. And thank you all for accepting to come on. And speak to myself in the audience today. So, before we start, can each of you please tell me, like, what you're currently doing post grad, and also let us know how many years or let us know the year that you graduated?
1: So, I graduated from the College of Arts and Sciences in 2019, which feels like so long ago. I studied communications and history with a little sprinkling of marketing with my free electives. Um, And then since then, I moved back home to New York City, and I currently am doing global marketing for L'Oreal, specifically their professional hair care division. So that's really interesting to just put everything I learned from marketing in my comm classes. I'm sure, Sia, you can relate into practice to really just start actually becoming this big adult and this businessman and this marketer
2: so I graduated in 2020 I studied international relations and sociology in the College of Arts and Sciences as well since graduating well I guess before graduating I had moved back home because of COVID and lucky enough my job is also back home in Minneapolis Um, So I've stayed here ever since, and I currently am a portfolio manager at U.S. Bank, focusing on data analysis, doing a lot of dashboards and reporting for our customer engagement segment in digital.
3: I graduated in 2019, and I studied political science and spent a lot of time in the DP, which is where I met Sia, Um, and I moved to D.C. after graduation to work in politics, and I'm about to go back to Penn this fall for law school.
5: Okay, and I never really left. I graduated from Penn in 2019 as well. I studied systems engineering as an undergrad, and now I'm getting my PhD in Applied Economics through Wharton, so I basically kind of left for two weeks to go on a post-grad trip and then came back to Philly and started that up.
6: I graduated in 2019, and afterwards I moved to Seattle to start working in product marketing and digital marketing, but I'm actually planning on moving back to Philly to continue working in marketing just for um, a personal finance company.
4: I graduated in 2020. I studied decision processes at Wharton. And now I actually work for the entrepreneurship entity for our school. It's called Venture Lab. And I'm doing sort of communications and building programming to make our space more welcoming to underrepresented minorities.
0: That is also awesome. From marketing to banking, to politics, to getting your PhD, big brain energy right there, and everything in finance and in between. So you guys are all interested in a plethora of different things. Your professional careers have taken you into different fields, whether that be education and diversity, equity, and inclusion, and so on. Would you guys say that in order to work efficiently, proficiently and be knowledgeable, you need to be up to date on the news and what is going on in the world both domestically and globally? 100%. For sure. Definitely. Well, lucky for all of you and our amazing, awesome, uh, to die for listeners, the trillist is sponsored by the economist we have a personal link in our description box where you can click on it and get a discounted 12-week subscription for just 19 dollars, ladies and gentlemen and they them that is an amazing price for such a wonderful news outlet you can listen to it on your phone there's an amazing app And be up to date on what is going on, such as how Myanmar currently is going through political strife and might become a failed state on the lines of Somalia. But that's a conversation for another day. I want all of you listeners to get your life, use our link in our description box, again, it's in our description box, and get yourself a discounted 12-week Economist subscription Happy reading and listening. All right, so let's get into this episode. Thank you all for sharing what you are currently doing or what you will potentially be doing in the near future. I'm so happy for all of you and how your careers post-grad have just developed. I wanna know, how the transition from college to the real world I'm about to graduate, so I really want to know what it's like. And were there bumps in the road or was it like smooth sailing? You had it in the bag. Please let us know.
1: I guess giving like the Northeast perspective as someone who was from New York City and then moved back to New York City, I think for me, I found that luckily I did have a nice network of childhood friends in New York City, that it was this really fun phase of kind of combining worlds of the people who I knew and loved from Penn, meeting the people who, like, I met when I was 12 and went to, like, bar mitzvahs with, and just kind of seeing those worlds collide, I think was super fun and super fascinating. I do think, though, one thing that at Penn... I started to kind of accept and very quickly caught myself on was I think there is this assumption that like it's okay for you to hate your first job and for you to have crazy hours and to just not really speak up because you're technically at the bottom of the totem pole again. But having been, I guess you could say, two years in the workforce, which really is not that much in the long term, my professional mentors and my managers have let me know that If something doesn't feel right, make that known, meaning that like if you're being asked to do things that are really just not relevant, make that known because even though you are still starting out in whatever company or whatever industry you're in, people are investing time and effort into you and they want to make sure that you're getting the most indicative experience that's going to actually make you grow. So I guess don't undervalue yourself professionally just because you're new to it.
2: I don't know how I'm supposed to follow Peter. I mean, honestly, that's like uh-huh. such a great answer. I guess from my perspective, it was a weird transition, right? Like going from moving home because of COVID and still being in college to then staying in Minneapolis and working from home. So never actually going into an office space. It was just weird. And I I had so many questions, but I was lucky enough to just work on like a really great team. They were super supportive. And I was going back to my hometown. So having friends here was just a great thing for my mental health, I think, like after quarantining for such a long time. I think one thing for me that was difficult and very specific to my situation is I think all of us are aware of the George Floyd murder that happened last summer, and unfortunately there was another killing on April 11th. Dante Wright was murdered by a police officer. And the social and political scene of Minneapolis right now has been rampant. A lot is going on. A lot of emotion is coming out of people, understandably. So adulting is not just, you know, going to work and you know, just living your life. It's really being ingrained in the area that you're in and understanding that the world can suck sometimes. So what I learned is like, you really have to take care of yourself, your mental health, your physical health. So I got a therapist and that was like the best thing in the world. So that's the one thing I learned. Uh, Well, I also moved to where I'm from.
3: And I think one of the hardest transitions is just like not having major set milestones the way you do leading up to college graduation. And I kind of avoided that always knowing that I was ideally taking two years off before law school. But I think another thing that's weird about the transition is comparing yourself to people who seem to kind of have a more extended period of time laid out in front of them where they have a very clear idea of what they're doing. Um, And it can be kind of Uncomfortable to look at your life versus people who seem to have a clearer idea of what they're doing, and try to just like accept that that's normal and fine, and everyone has their own path.
4: For me, so I graduated in twenty twenty, you know, amidst a pandemic, and I felt like (laughs) I felt like I watched a YouTube video, and then two weeks later, I was just working full time. So it took me a long time to realize that I have graduated. You know, there just wasn't that big ceremony that I had kind of been expecting for my entire life. So it felt less like a transition and more like just abruptly, oh, okay, I'm doing this now. I work this many hours. I have to pay rent. (laughs) Um, But something that's been really, interesting about my time is just, well, the flexibility, really. it's I was actually very scared when I graduated about how it would feel to work a nine to five, because I had only done that one time during my time in college. And sitting in an office makes me really uncomfortable. (laughs) It just makes me, I don't know, I just wasn't really built for it. So I had been actually prior to COVID, dreading what it would be like to have a full-time job, you know, for longer than two months. Like, I can keep it up for two months, but then after that, it it became kind of unbearable during the, the one summer that I actually had a nine-to-five. And so being able to work remotely has been awesome. It's definitely lacking bits of, like, social life, but it's also given me the flexibility to move. I'm moving to Jamaica because, as was previously mentioned, uh, there's a lot of unrest here. And sometimes as a Black person, it's really hard to just want to be here in this country. So all in all, the transition was abrupt, but there have been a lot of really cool things to come Mm -hmm. out of Being outside of college, including more autonomy and, you know, those financial benefits of not necessarily being a student or having the work that I do valued more just because of some piece of paper that I never actually got because it was mailed to my parents. My diploma was mailed to my parents and I still haven't touched it or seen it. Anyhow.
5: Yeah, so... After I graduated, like I mentioned, I kind of had like this two week period where, you know, I didn't have to do anything school related. And then I jumped right into grad school. And I think it was very strange. I had these expectations about coming back to Philadelphia. Maybe life would continue to, in some ways, be the same. But, you know, now I'd be paying rent, doing some of those adult things, but I'd still, you know, see some of my same friends, go to the same happy hours, still have a life. But um I I found like the first year of grad school was immensely difficult. Especially in the world of like very quantitative PhDs. The first year is I, I guess something I didn't realize is it's notorious for Really pushing you to your limit as far as like trying to internalize a lot of information and and just like constantly attending to to being an academic and adjusting to this new way of life and 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 centering your work around research, so I found there was often like these really unclear goals it, it was a, it was like a totally new way of structuring my work day because the objective was like some Big project five years out that you still haven't had the idea for. And the whole time you're trying to build this toolbox for this goalpost that's constantly moving as you learn about each of the new tools. So I found that, you know, in retrospect, I became very deeply concerned about how much I could absorb in that first year rather than being convinced that I would figure it out and that I would know what I needed to know when I saw it. And so I guess in retrospect, for anyone who might be going through a transition where they're jumping into a PhD program of any kind, not even just one that's specific to, to my situation, is spend less time in your first year worrying about whether or not you have what you need. Like try to, try to tell the imposter syndrome to calm down a little bit because by the time you get to your second year, zoom Zoom second year or not, You know, you'll you'll realize that, like, you could have spent that time maybe with old friends or new friends um, with your grad class. So transition isn't always easy, but I think that keeping some of these lessons in mind can be helpful.
6: I would definitely say that it's been some bumps in the road post-grad. I moved to a place where I really knew nobody, so I was moving here for a new job, and I had a few friends that were moving here as well, which was great, but I really lacked a sense of community that I had in other places like Philadelphia or New York, so that was definitely a big change, and uh, I would say I'm proud of myself for doing that, and I would do it again if I had to. Uh, I think in terms of working, it's definitely been a lot of bumps in the road for me. Uh, I'm changing jobs mostly because I really had to leave my previous job and it really wasn't the right place for me. So I think it's been really difficult just recognizing what I want, more specifically what I don't like and, you know, how as an individual I can build something for myself that really makes a difference for me and gets me out of bed every morning and is just enjoyable and with good people. So that's been rough. And I don't think I've had to do that before I started working. That wasn't really a challenge I faced in college. And it was something that I thought was sort of a given that, you know, if you graduate and you join, you know, some company that has some type of like new grad program, you'll probably be okay. It was never really in my like prediction that it would absolutely turn south. So that was definitely a tough part and like a big bump in the road. But I think I'm like, if that's like the bump, I like just got to the newly paved part of the road, hopefully. So (laughs) I think that it's been a little bit difficult in that regard, but a learning experience that I'm happy to have so early on. But hopefully none of you have to learn that ever.
0: Wow. Thank you each for sharing. There's so many things that I want to touch on. First of all, with what andrea said moving out to a place you just don't know people i'm about to do that um with moving to like northern california and i've just i've never been to the west coast period so this will really be a change so thank you for speaking on that and then even to what athena spoke about when she mentioned having to pay rent I just wanted to know, how was it being like actual adults in the sense that you have to support yourself, pay bills and survive, maybe cook if you do that or <laughs> find ways to feed yourself? Like, how was that? Because I know even as a upperclassman, when I got off the meal plan, sometimes when I, I like do a meal prep each week because it's easy to just cook for the week. And I'm like, I don't know what I want to like eat. I don't really want to cook. I'm just tired, but I have to eat <laughs> for nourishment. So what is that like?
1: Yeah, I think the I think the adulting aspect is definitely interesting and such an adjustment. So really early on in the pandemic, I actually moved out because I had been living with family uptown um, since graduation for around a year just to save money and really Cut additional costs. And then I was looking on Street Easy. I found an apartment I liked. I met with the realtor. He showed me another unit that wasn't even on the market yet. A week later I signed my lease and moved in. I really think I underestimated like how much energy and effort needs to be put into just setting yourself up. Like I had I actually took like a few days off work just to build furniture and clean stuff and actually go run errands and get the things that you don't necessarily think you need, like trash bags or like a dust sweeper or like a drain cleaner, like the really not glamorous sides of adulting. Um, I will say I do have a a studio um, downtown, but I also think that for some people who are a little bit more like Extroverted, like a roommate or a situation like that, is definitely something to consider because I mean, I'm definitely the kind of person who, when I come home, I just want to unplug and like I'll meet people out. But for me, I recharge by just kind of being with myself. See us, Sydney. You guys have been, you guys were at my apartment senior year, and you know how it's like my own little space. So I definitely think that in a pandemic, there are some moments when I'm like, oof, okay, like I'm cooking my Trader Joe's chicken. By myself for dinner and then watching Real Housewives and going to bed and then repeat, which do definitely seem a little bit repetitive and mundane. But I mean, as things open up and people start to be safer, like it definitely, I think, is the fun situation to be at where you do have this space that you can customize and the chores of adulting. Once you get the kinks out, like it's fun because you start to get into cooking and you start to get your new favorite spices and have an opinion about like sriracha and umami blends and those names. Um, So it definitely I think is a growing pain but it's all time well spent.
2: Yeah for me I actually live with my boyfriend. We moved in together after graduation and it's been so fun to do all of that with someone just like picking out furniture or building the furniture or just having those nights where you're like, I don't want to cook at all. Let's order takeout and like stuff our face with Chinese food. And you just have that person there. Um, So adulting with somebody else is great. I will say like, I still don't know how to (laughs) like, I don't know who to call if I need a doctor's appointment. Like I don't know the closest urgent care. I don't know how to set up like I don't understand dental insurance. So thank God I have my parents because I'll call my mom and say, "Mom, like I have a pain in my stomach. I don't know what to do." And she's always there and she knows exactly what the next steps are. So thank God I appreciate my parents like so much more because you do realize like how much they do for you, even as simple as like getting the garbage bags and doing the dishes every night and doing your laundry like I wish I didn't, but I definitely took them for granted. And now that I am an adult, it's like, oh, goodness gracious, they were going through a lot. So yeah, it's been fun, though.
3: Yeah, I'm a huge advocate of learning to cook just for your own quality of life. Um, but I know it's easier because I really enjoy cooking. And I also had some difficulty when it came to housing. I my first year out of Penn, I lived with, A friend who had graduated a year before me, and it was perfect. We had no issues, had a great two-bedroom, and good area. And then when COVID hit, she moved home with her parents, and she was already planning on leaving D.C. anyway, so I needed to find a new living situation. And I was totally miserable and really lonely during COVID and really wanted to kind of have a more social environment. And I ended up moving in with a few people who I found on a big Facebook group in DC. And it was a nightmare after like two months. One girl got a dog and then didn't basically thought it was everyone's dog. It was, it was very stressful. And I ended up getting out of the lease and moving after four months into a studio that was a lot cheaper because of COVID rent prices. So it took me a while to figure out and I'm not sure I really could have done anything differently in terms of like what I knew at the time about myself and what I wanted. But I think it's really valuable to have that social element in who you live with, but it's very important to know yourself and like pick the right person or people. So it's tricky, but I've kind of experienced everything now in two years out of college.
4: I mean, taking care of yourself is a part-time job and nobody told me that. Or perhaps my parents tried to say things like, you don't know how much it takes and all this, but you know, that's quite vague. If someone had just said taking care of yourself, the life administration, lugging your laundry to and fro, groceries, cooking, that is a part time job, like approximately 15 to 20 hours a week. And that's, that's a very quantitative way to think about it, but it's been very helpful for me to just know, okay, I can't plan. I don't know, just plan with this buffer for what I call life administration. And it's been super helpful in just helping me to deal with all of this. There's definitely so much, as as several people have said, there there are so many things that I don't think about needing because it's just always been in like my parents' house. Or if, you know, when we lived in the dorm, it wasn't necessarily important for me to have drain cleaner. It was just already there, like under the kitchen sink. But then when you move into your own place, uh, under the kitchen sink is empty. (laughs) You have to figure out, you know, like what are the cleaning supplies I need or what sort of furniture helps me to feel comfortable. This is a very small thing, but I don't think I ever bought a pen until maybe 2019 because there were just always like, you know, free pens around or some supply of pens in my parents' house. And it's it's all these tiny things that can really add up. But once you have like a little bit of, I like to sort of give myself data through like maybe like a month long audit of either my time or like my spending. And that's been really helpful to know, okay, so I probably want to set aside like $50 a month for cleaning supplies, or even I just started a list of like a cleaning schedule sort of, Um, because again, things that that you'd never think about, like washing your toothbrush holder, that needs to get done. (laughs) But it's not cute. And it's not anything that I've heard anyone ever like explicitly say, but it definitely needs to get done. And so I found it really nice to just to honestly write things out and just give myself like a little schedule and a budget and just have a, I don't know, just treat it, treat it as if it's something that's not going to get done unless you put the effort in, because I think that's true. Uh, We don't just magically stay alive, you know, you have to really work at it. And it's not that it's necessarily hard. It's just, it's subtle. It's subtle and takes a little bit of practice.
5: Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of practice. I feel like when I first started doing, you know, the adult thing, it almost felt like there was this hidden curriculum that everyone else around me who had, you know, been adulting for a few years, because most of my cohort mates in grad school are twenty six, twenty seven, or or have at least been in the workforce for three, four years at this point. They had already learned that hidden curriculum, and I was playing catch up. Like this was the course that Penn did not teach that. All of them had already taken. So I, I totally, I totally vibe with with what everyone said so far. The only thing I'll add is like the piece of adulting that I found most exciting. Really, is just having my own source of insurance, which is crazy that that's like the thing that you know I'm celebrating. But I really found it so freeing to be able to like schedule things like a therapy appointment without having to first figure out all these details with my parents and like find out all these random things that you need to know about what, how your parents sign up for insurance. And I don't have to disclose to them exactly what I'm, I'm doing for myself. I can just do it for myself and I can figure those things out on my own. It's extremely liberating.
6: I feel like the, um, aspects of, you know, being an adult and like taking care of your home and sort of like your personal life has been a little bit comforting for me. I think it's something that uh, I think I got pretty quickly. And maybe that's because I grew up in a house where I took on a little bit more responsibility. Um, I am the oldest of three. So I have two brothers. So I think that I've always taken on like a little bit more responsibility in the house. So Some of the stuff came a little bit easier to me and I felt like I was doing a little bit of it in college also with my family. So I think as weird and like hectic as this year might have been and as weird as hectic as like, you know, graduating in general can be, I think that I found some comfort in knowing that, you know, my dentist cleaning is scheduled for next year and my toilet gets cleaned once a week. And my kitchen gets cleaned every other night. Like that just brings me some comfort. I don't know, maybe I am just ready to be like a house husband or something, and I'm okay with that, but I absolutely find a lot of comfort and joy in it. But I think that it's also really like about making really good, like active decisions. And I think that I definitely did get lucky in making some choices about where I'd want to live and how I want my like home to look like and my Day to day life to be to make it comfortable for myself. So it was actually a lot of thought that went into it. But I'm also, I also have a Virgo moon. So I think that that played a lot of role into it because I like to plan things out a lot and have lists. So overthinking, I think, did me well in this regard.
0: Thank you all for sharing. Um, When you said Virgo moon, it was like Beyonce and all of her wonderful planning. She's a Virgo. Athena's a Virgo. Big ups to the Virgo people. And kind of throughout your responses to the last two questions, a few of you have touched on the role of friendship, whether that be with Ali rooming with her friend from Penn and it being perfect and then no longer having that option and falling into that messy situation. I'm sorry you had to go through it. Life lesson to learn from or even Peter saying he had his friends from back home mixing with his pen friends and how that made like New York something different for him. Or even Sid talking about reuniting with her friends from back home in Minneapolis. And Andrea speaking to not really having friends up in Seattle or precautioning like, is it going to be the same undergrad and grad school, like that whole thing? And I wanted to know, how has it been connecting with your pen friends specifically the people that you called your college best friend do you still like keep in touch with them your friend group is it like a group chat group facetime every like two months situation what's the deal with that or do you guys like drift apart
1: yeah so I think for me I always assume that even when I was in high school like essentially, I always wanted that group chat and that like, what's everyone doing tonight kind of moment. And what I noticed that pen at least, was that like, that really, at least for me, didn't manifest. And I, instead of having like one click, I just had kind of different pockets of people who I could hang out with when I wanted to and who all got along well with each other in addition to that, which was always nice. I do think though, like once you graduate Especially once a pandemic and like a racial pandemic hits, you really have to reassess who you spend time with and why, because every choice anyone makes has implications. I think that's something that everyone had to learn, maybe long term or maybe just recently. But you start to notice that your social friends and the acquaintances and the people who you're friends with may be out of proximity because you live on. 39th and spruce and they live on 40th and spruce may not be the friendships that last and while that's kind of disappointing you're also left with the knowledge that in comparison all the people around you are really really those meaty friendships that are going to last um so i do think that whereas some people may be a little upset that their close friends on instagram went from 34 to 30 I see it as just knowledge that the people who are there, that remaining 30, are going to be the ones that are there for life, who can be with you through thick and thin and who don't just want to like go to a formal with you or go to a late night with you in college or don't want someone to just wingman them at the club and then leave. So that's kind of, I think, where I stand, where the friendships are intact. It's just slightly changed as the circumstances went from push to shove.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with Peter, especially me moving to Minneapolis, where not a lot of Penn kids go to post-grad. I have like long-distance friendships, and that's kind of all I have when it comes to my Penn friends. And so the amount of effort that it takes to keep that friendship is just a little bit more than, say, somebody who I live in New York with or live in you know philly with it's just a different circumstance so you do have to put in more effort and through that you do kind of slowly but surely stop talking to people right um we're also just busy like i will say i work at a bank and there are times when i work an insane amount of hours and i can barely keep my head on straight and so i think i've I haven't talked to people as much, but I think a lot of us are also in the same boat post-grad of like, we really do have this mindset of like, go, 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 go. And that's okay, right? Like, I think there's a balance always of you want to be healthy in your work environment, but you also want to push yourself and deliver the best that you can to your job. So I think, you know, I wish that I could say that, like, everyone I hung out with at Penn is, like, still in communication with me, but that's just not true, and I think Peter's totally right. There are those friends that you were friends with because of the proximity, and you saw them at parties all the time, or they were in all of your classes, and so you talked to them, but it's just kind of a natural progression of life, especially for a lot of us who move all over the country constantly. You meet new people, old friends become no longer friends and sometimes old friends pop back up. So it's just a process, but I am happy that I've really got that good set of friends today. I really agree with what
3: Peter and Sydney have said. It's pretty easy to stay friends with people who you still have a ton of common interests and experiences with from Penn. Um, If you still do outside of being Penn students together, and especially if you're in the same city, and it's very easy to fall out of touch with people you don't share those things with anymore. Some people who I knew at Penn, I probably spent more time with after graduation just because we ended up in the same area. And some people I haven't seen in a long time, but I've kept in touch through text. But it does require a lot more effort to stay in touch with people who might not be in the same city, but it's doable if you really value that friendship.
4: I I'm really grateful for my my group of friends. There's like five to seven pen specific people who I've stayed in contact with and uh, have been lucky enough to see uh, safely. But I wanted to take this on a little bit of a a different direction and just think about even adding to what people are saying with there's a little bit more effort involved in friendships and i think something that's been really important to me especially given the social climate is having hard conversations as as almost an indication of the the i don't even know how to say it as kind of an indication of like love or like someone's care for you because I've had a lot of hard conversations with my pen friends related to or catalyzed by civil unrest and it it's been illuminating and it's been you know there are tears sometimes, but I think that there can be there can be this this perception of friendship where it's just all fun and all support, but sometimes. The support is not like a fluffy, fun thing, and sometimes it requires deep emotional work. That is ultimately really worth it when you come out the other side.
5: Yeah, I think that's powerful. I think putting in emotional work is is, is a big component of of how I've decided who who I want to to stay in contact with after graduation. Because the truth is, it's 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 very difficult to put in emotional work when when I can't expect it to be reciprocated. I feel that the role of friendships from from Penn is like one that, that that's constantly evolving for me. Like when I first came into grad school, I was in for the very first time in, in four years, I guess, a, a space that was not very queer anymore. And so one of the things that I needed immediately was the sounding board of people i already knew who could kind of supplement or create that space for me where i could reflect on how this sudden gap in an identity that is very central to who i am would reflect on my work would reflect on my mental health would reflect on basically how I, how i operate like on a day to day so i found that like filling this gap that suddenly formed in 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 the process of transition was a place where i really needed my pen friends the most and and they really came through for me in that sense but i also found that you know there were these like changing needs that i had as i started to like wake up to the kinds of things that i needed to do to remain active particularly in a field like economics which has a history of being tied to horrible things from, you know, eugenics to just voter suppression. And it, it's just not a, it's not a field whose history I want to be a part of. It's a field whose future I'm interested in shaping. And so part of doing that work meant I needed to, to find new people who I could kind of sound ideas off of, who could, you know, help me think critically about this This future that I was hoping to build in in a very professional sense that, you know, was another piece of my identity that I was discovering after college life. And so in this way, I feel like there's this almost strong dichotomy in how I viewed my relationships with with people from Penn. In one sense, they're this amazing support network who are doing raw emotional work on the front of helping me with queer identity, but on the other hand, I need to, to develop this, this other network to, to help me with this other piece of myself that I'm starting to discover now.
6: I think for me that friendships from Penn for me today are really interesting because I feel like when I'm speaking to my friends from college, most of them don't live in Seattle. And um, the ones that did live in Seattle, I'm really happy that I got to become closer with people who may have just been in sort of like a more distant circle of mine in college and we actually became closer friends. So that was nice that like people from Penn were able to become better friends for me and act as sort of like a social network and we're all navigating this new city. So that was really nice. But for those friendships, the people who I would be like, you know, these are my ride or dies, my like best friends from college. I think that it's been interesting because before when I would catch up with friends we'd be living similar lives, right? We'd be in the same school, sometimes in the same classes, going to sort of the same activities and events. So there was a lot to talk about. There were people to talk about. There were shared experiences. And talking with friends now is really, someone really has to care about your life and you really have to care about them and their life also to sit there and listen about everything that's going on with them as it really doesn't relate to you, right? So that's been a real test for me that people who really want to be there for you and really care about you and your life and no matter how boring it is or how interesting it is, like they just want to talk about it because they want to talk to you and they want to be your friend. So that's been really important in me deciding, you know, who do I keep in contact with? Who do I just kind of They'll remain an Instagram follower and a Facebook friend. And if I run into you, it'll be like, oh my gosh, hello. Kiss, kiss. See you never. That's been so important. And I think those friendships have grown stronger. They've definitely changed. And I'm not going to say that that's a better way to have a friendship. I mean, I think seeing people in person or living around your friends is definitely better than (laughs) what I'm describing. But um, I think it's it was like a good test to know who i want to keep around and who i want to make the effort to see if i'm ever traveling or deciding where to move because i think it's really underrated to live around your friends and i'm realizing that now potentially why i'm moving potentially one of the reasons why i'm moving back to the east coast also to be closer to more friends and more of my support network
0: thank you all for speaking about that i feel like during this pandemic i've looked back on my friendships i've read my journal as Sid knows i've sent her a few (laughs) entries and realized like someone that i thought was a close friend based on what i was feeling i actually don't like this person so i feel like the reflectiveness of being kind of insular and self-reflecting has been really powerful so thank you all for speaking about that growing in friendships and falling out of friendships but still being okay with that. I think it's really important. And I feel like someone has said, maybe it's my mom, maybe someone famous, um that as you continue to grow and age, by the age of 50, a lot of people only have like 3 close friends. And but those close friends are the people that will pick you up from the hospital if you need something or be there for you through thick and thin. So quality over quantity is really important. So thank you all for speaking about that. To wrap up this episode, I love the one-liners. You guys have just been giving us like zingers that I've been living for, but to wrap up, could each of you give like one-liner piece of advice that you would give your graduating self, knowing what you know today?
1: Yeah, for sure. This is something that I think was relevant even all throughout college, and it is relevant for the rest of anyone's life. But regardless of, I think, professional relationships, romantic, friends, and everything in between, I think the most important relationship is really your relationship with yourself. If you're not at peace with your current setting or if you're not, I guess, willing to acknowledge the fact that maybe your rooming situation or the city you're in aren't necessarily right, you're going to find disconnect really just filtered into every single other part of your life just because you can't acknowledge it at its core. So, even though it may not be the most glamorous or sexy thing, I think checking in with yourself, whether that be through meditation, exercise, or even just using friends as a sounding board to renegotiate and help identify your identity again, I think is major. So, just self care all the way.
2: Oh, I could just say, like, ditto to that. I think for me, what I would say is be true to who you are. And if you don't know who you are yet, that's okay. Most people don't. And most people never will because you're always on a journey. But don't let that stop you from spending the time to figure out who you are. There's so many questions that I think we all have every single day about what's going on in the world. What's the right thing to do? Why did I do this thing? But that's just life. and. It's the process of you just figuring out who you are, and that's okay I would say to
3: always try to challenge yourself to like have personal growth goals outside of typical like work career, school. I started thinking about this a lot more during Covid, and I think I got really comfortable coming back to where I'm from right after school and didn't take on as many risks i don't know and that was something i would i started to challenge myself to do more during COVID in terms of like working out doing other things that i needed to do but hadn't made part of my life
4: i'm gonna do two first build in time for rest super important but then secondly remember your autonomy you might not have control over the options, but you always have the power to choose which option.
5: I guess I'd say you are not an imposter is is my one liner and find strength in as many identities as you possibly can.
6: I think I would tell myself to really think about what I'm doing and try to be more active in making some choices about my career and personal life. I'd also tell myself to really always be ready to leave, like be ready to go before someone asks you to leave or nudges your seat, like be ready to move, be ready to do what's important to you. I would definitely give myself that advice. I would also tell myself, and this is super specific, not to rent that apartment on 18th and Jackson because the light is Absolute crap in your bedroom, and you won't like it. So those are my pieces of advice.
0: Wow, I've laughed. I've resonated with so much of what all of you have said, and I know I will be taking your advice into the future. I think someone someone has probably said this, or maybe I'm making it up, that having true wisdom or being wise. Or being wise is learning from others' life choices and what others have done, and I try to do that. That's why I listen to my mom, because when she says something, she's right. (laughs) When I don't listen, I always regret it later, but thank you all for coming to speak to us today. I know for the graduating class of 2021, this episode will be super, super, super impactful. Because we are about to start our journeys and it's important to know how it's been for recent graduates. So, thank you all. I sincerely appreciate you accepting the invite to be here today. You were all wonderful, hilarious, sweet. And I'm so glad that I've gotten to meet you at my time at Penn. You have each made it so freaking amazing and special. So, thank you. And I wish all of the listeners peace and love if you could please rate and leave a comment on this podcast that would be great it would help us be more easily identifiable on itunes and so on and grow our listenership and tell your friends thank you for more chill content visit the trillis underscore podcast on instagram T-H-E-T-R-I-L-L-E-S-T underscore podcast. And also visit Sia's Instagram at L-I-N-D-A-L-E-B-B-I-E.